There's recent unpublished data which seems to suggest that a third of patients who have had clinical COVID-19 have not developed antibodies. This is quite important because this means that are these patients still potentially infectious or can they still potentially get the infection a second time? My name is Marcy Tran Long. This is season eight, COVID-19 with HKU. Researchers are grappling with the speed at which new patient data is interpreted and implemented into daily practice as we battle COVID-19. And it's the same for you and me, trying to put our arms around what this pandemic means, both for our loved ones and for the year ahead, is challenging at best. Luckily, the University of Hong Kong has created a new initiative called Hashtag AskHKUMed. Anyone can send questions via Twitter to the LKS Faculty of Medicine at HKU who are on the forefront of battling COVID-19. Today, we're going to explore some of the answers to the questions put to clinical professor John Nichols from the Department of Pathology at HKU Medicine. The first question, can people that test positive for COVID-19 become reinfected? The asymptomatic virus carriers thought to be about one third of the patients who have documented PCR positive, SARS-CoV-2, do not develop any symptoms. A positive PCR test means the patient is carrying the coronavirus. And this is a very important group to look at because these are groups which either these silent shedders may be going around the community infecting other people and you don't know about it. And also, it, we need to look at those to actually then find out what the true extent of infection is in the community. We need to know this because it's important to find out just how serious this virus is. And how do we find that out? We do that from a clinical point of view by looking at the number of patients who get infected and those who develop mild, moderate, and severe disease. That gives a good indication of the extent of infection within the community and also the percentage of, in, of patients who may progress and might require intensive care. Now that certain regions of the world have got over the initial uh, stage of uh, the acute infections, now more attention is to actually find out from the general population just what percentage of this population has actually got these antibodies to the virus. The challenge for that is also that to try to work out even though they may have the antibodies, to find out at what level these antibodies may be not protective. Why does that matter? What I think it indicates is that there are some patients who have very mild infection in which their body hasn't developed an immune reaction to this. The reason behind this is that for the studies which we've found is that this virus, when it replicates, it may replicate only within some of the surface cells of the respiratory tract. And it may not be severe enough to actually allow the body to develop an immune reaction to it. This is quite important because this means that are these patients still potentially infectious or can they still potentially get the infection a second time? 
and this may also have a significant impact on how we test for the coronavirus. People are now using the presence of these antibodies to see whether or not the patient has a virus. And there have been a number of tests, what have been called the finger prick tests, which have been used in mainly in Northern Europe to try and detect people to see if they've got the virus. But just in the past few days, is that these tests have been found to be not very accurate, is that they're missing quite a few patients who've got active viral infection, but because they haven't developed the antibodies, the test will give a negative result. Okay, now on to the second question. What parts of the body are affected by the coronavirus besides the respiratory tract? The virus that in our studies we found also affects part of the eye called the conjunctiva. So it affects a wide variety of tissues within the respiratory tract, which accounts for most of the clinical symptoms. But we think it's also very important that seeing how we've been able to demonstrate the virus can infect the conjunctiva, that the, this could be a route of transmission, which means that for prevention of infection is that eye shields uh, should be worn by people in close contact uh, with patients suspected to have uh, COVID-19. Also, there's um, some increasing evidence uh, that these coronaviruses do not only just affect the respiratory tract, but also the gastrointestinal tract. Some of the studies which have been done in China have shown that they can actually find uh, fragments of the virus in the patient's stool samples. So the route of uh, transmission through the gastrointestinal tract is an area which many people are looking at now. Another question, what antiviral drugs have had the best clinical effects? Right now, there is no really good antiviral medication which is available for the population at large. So what that means is that what people are left with in many parts of the world is just to either deal with dampening down the inflammation or you're trying to prevent some of the uh, replication. So currently we're stuck with physical distancing, but there's optimism about some drugs, right? There's been a lot of interest about the use of uh, hydroxychloroquine together with an, an antibiotic called azithromycin. This is a very uh, sensitive area about whether or not it really has some effect because both these drugs, they are associated with what's called cardiotoxicity, which means they can cause some arrhythmias in the heart. We have to balance out the potential dangers of these uh, two medications versus the potential benefit. For most of these studies, what really needs to be done is that these should be done in a controlled trial. That means that you have one group of patients with the same degree of symptoms. One group receives these two medications, the other group doesn't. And to actually see from a scientific point of view, in a controlled trial point of view, does one do any better? The problem right now is that much of this is being of this treatment is being led by anecdotal evidence. I think it's good or you know, I feel like it's a game changer. This is not the way in which medicine should be practiced. We should be based on science and on scientific uh, method and on good trials rather than anecdotal evidence. The world of medicine was not ready for this coronavirus pandemic. And the process of finding drugs, creating valid tests, and of course, discovering a vaccine will still take time. COVID-19 is unique because one third of the patients appear to have mild symptoms, which creates two problems. First, 
the risk of reinfection because carriers don't develop antibodies, and second, that the virus is still infectious even though carriers believe they're healthy. So it appears the policy of physical distancing, sadly, won't be changing anytime soon until we can learn to better manage this stealth virus. Hi, this is Wu Fei. I'm the associate producer for this series and an HKU student. If you have questions to ask professors of HKU Medicine, you can write your questions and hashtag AskHKUMed on Twitter or send your questions to the email fightcovid19 at hku.hk. And some of your questions will be answered in the following Ask HKUMed. Also, check out the website fightcovid19.hku.hk. It lists the latest research by HKU researchers and professors about the coronavirus.